the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bunkley, and welcome to this special presentation, The Story of Easter. Easter is one of the most important of holidays, most important of spiritual significance to men and women around the globe. And today we want to just take a few moments to look at the significance of not only Easter, but that week leading up to Easter. Jesus was preparing to go to Jerusalem, knowing what he was awaiting there makes the story that much more compelling. A week before Easter, he is making his way to the Holy City. He spends the weekend seven days before Easter, as we know it today, and that is the day of his resurrection. But we take you back a week before where he's actually staying with some friends. He's in Bethany. He's at the home of Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. He spends Friday and Saturday there, the best that we can tell. And as he is preparing for his triumphal entry, that's going to be happening, of course, on Sunday. And we read in Matthew, the 21st chapter, that now when they drew near to Jerusalem on that Sunday morning and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Unloose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. Now I want to tell you it's very interesting because people don't realize sometimes that there was actually two donkeys. One was the colt that had never been ridden upon, and then, of course, the colt's mother. And because of the relationship between the colt and the mother, many believe that's why they summoned both animals. So as Jesus would later ride upon the colt, the colt would be perfectly at ease because the colt would not have been recently separated from the mother of the colt. And so as we sort of look at that picture and begin to see what's unfolding, and of course, Jesus now is going to be moving. He's going to start coming into his own, and he's going to be climbing upon that colt and descending down the Mount of Olives. Now, what's important about this is that people are starting to gather. For you see, because of the oppression of the Roman authority, as well as those of the temple authority, the people of Jerusalem were looking for a savior. They were looking for a king. What they didn't understand was that um, King Jesus, as he was going to make his triumphal entry into the city, was not coming as a conquering king. He was coming as a spiritual king. Now, Don't get me wrong, one day he is going to come again, 
and he is going to be coming the second time as a conquering king. But this is not what his mission was on this day. So as Jesus begins to ride on this triumphant journey into the city, people are coming, and they are shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They are throwing blankets on the road. They're throwing palm leaves on the road. And one of the reasons for this is there were literally hundreds and hundreds of people who were coming out, and the crowd was gathering and and growing. Now, remember that that would have been a very, very dusty road. And so many scholars believe the reason why they were throwing the, the blankets and the reason why they were throwing the palm branches on the road was to keep the dust down. That as this big crowd was proceeding and and all of this worship of Jesus was going on, it was an, an opportunity for them to, to not only show this royal entrance. And by the way, Jesus was going to be entering from the Mount of Olives, which was on the western side, excuse me, on the eastern side of the city. Understand that this was in direct opposition to where when the Romans entered the city, of course, the Romans would be coming in from their fortification at Caesarea by the sea over on the Mediterranean, which is on the west side of the city of Jerusalem. So the Romans, when they came with all of their pomp and circumstance, they came in from the opposite side, on the western side in the western gate of the city. So this also had great significance for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Jesus arrives, of course, he goes straight to the temple. And when he arrives at the temple, Matthew tells us, Now when he came into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people confronted him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? But Jesus answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing. Which of you tell me, I likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things? The baptism of John, where was it from? From heaven or from men? Well, this was one of the many times that Jesus' parables really, really baffled the chief priests and the scribes. So they were reasoning among themselves, and while they were there, they said, If we say it's from heaven, Jesus will say to us, Well, then, did you not believe him? But if we say it's from men, well, we fear the multitude, for all count John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, and they said, The only safe answer, we don't know. Well, as Jesus was in the temple, he said, if you don't know, I don't know. So Jesus begins to call out. Jesus begins to lay the groundwork for the tremendous animosity that's going to be building up between the Jewish leaders of the temple and to Jesus himself. And in fact, Jesus predicts the destruction of the temple. The scripture tells us then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. Because remember that he entered on Sunday. The triumphal procession led to the temple. He had this encounter, but then he departed from the temple. And so scripture tells us, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all of these things? Assuredly, I say to you, 
Not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown completely down. And so he retreated on that day of the triumphal entry. He retreated back to the Mount of Olives. And Scripture tells us that while on the Mount of Olives in Matthew, now as Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered them and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All of these things are the beginning of sorrows. And so as we place this in the timeline, this is later on Sunday, a week from when he would be resurrected from the dead as he's teaching on the Mount of Olives. And of course, we also hear about the Great Tribulation. In Matthew, we also read, Therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of the house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes in those days. And pray that your flight may not be in winter, or on the Sabbath, for there will be great tribulation, such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, nor shall ever be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. And so as the day is rounding out, the disciples are getting some of the most important instructions about what will be happening happening in coming days, coming generations, coming centuries. Though they did not know the timeline, they were being briefed by the Lord himself of things to come. Now, at this time, they were plotting to kill Jesus. The chief priests, the scribes, and the Sadducees, they've, they've just about had enough of this this insurrectionist, this this person that was going to be possibly challenging their authority. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings that he said to his disciples, you know that after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and to kill him. But they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. And at one of the darkest days in the history of the church was the day when one of the twelve, his name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, 
What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And so from that time, he sought the opportunity to betray him. If you're just joining us, we're talking about the story of Easter. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to pick up the story at Passover as Jesus is celebrating the Passover with his disciples. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. I am proud to defend our nation. Proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference. I am proud to be part of something larger than me. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving in the Air Force Reserve. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. I'm proud to be a member. I'm proud to protect our... Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. G'day. I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. I know a pest controller who was contracted to get rid of a cockroach infestation in a restaurant. He tried everything, even chemicals. Nothing worked. So he bought my plug-in pest-free pro, and a few weeks later, the cockroach problem was well under control, and he was able to keep his contract. Plug-in pest-free is not a sonic device. It's chemical-free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair income. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget with Plug In Pest Free. Sunday mornings at 11, join Dr. John Connell of Countryside Baptist Church for Helping Life Make Sense. Give up your security blanket and open your heart and your mind to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Helping Life Make Sense with Dr. John Connell. Sunday mornings at 11 on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and at com. Welcome back to our special presentation, The Story of Easter. I'm Bill Bunkley. We're going to pick up the story of the story of Easter now when Jesus is going to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. Of course, we believe this took place on Thursday evening, sometime between the 6 and the 9 o'clock hour. And it's an opportunity for us to begin to understand a little bit of what was Jesus thinking? What was the thought process as he was to go through this gathering of his disciples and later to retreat to the Mount of Olives. And of course, the Last Supper is something that's been depicted in many, many art renderings and in the hearts and minds of so many of of the people who follow Jesus. We pick up in Scripture, now on the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, The disciples came to Jesus, saying to him, Where do you want us to prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, 
The teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, when the evening had come, Jesus sat down with the twelve. And while they were eating, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Can you imagine at that moment the disciples were looking around at each other knowing that one of their own, one of their band of brothers was going to betray the master? Scripture tells us they were exceedingly sorrowful. And each of them, not trusting their own heart, began to ask, Lord, is it I? Is it I? Is it I? Jesus answered and said, He who dipped his hand with me in the dish will betray me. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him. But woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. That is just something very awesome to contemplate. Imagine being the one who would deceive Jesus. But the question that we all have today, how many times have each of us sinned and denied Jesus in our heart? Judas, who knew he was betraying him, but still asked the question, Rabbi, is it I? And Jesus said, you have said it. So so imagine that they continued on at this point in the celebration of the Passover. Jesus has now named his betrayer. Judas exits. He leaves. We'll pick up his story again in a moment. And now the Lord is about to institute the Last Supper. And this is something that uh, we still observe today. This is something that the church is, is a very important part of what we do to remember him until he comes Again, And so if you can imagine now, Jesus is looking over the 11 and not the 12. The scripture says that as they were eating, Jesus reached over and picked up a loaf of bread. He blessed the bread. He broke it. And he gave the bread to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body. Then he took the cup, and he gave thanks for the cup, and he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And so as the hours begin to click on, 
as we're getting closer to the events that would be happening of one of the greatest injustices known to man during the next 12 hours, Jesus is instituting the Last Supper. Peter, Peter who we've grown to love, Peter who we can all relate to, Peter once again being, well, just Peter. Jesus talks about the fact that all of the disciples will soon be fleeing from him. But Peter challenges the Lord Jesus and says, not I. I'm not going to be one that's going to flee from you. In fact, the Lord, I'm with you through thick and thin. I'm going to be here with you. In fact, Peter tells him in Scripture, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Peter, the brawny, great fisherman of Galilee, felt pretty sure of himself. But Jesus turned, and and I can only imagine the gaze that Jesus had as he looked into Peter's eyes. And Jesus said to Peter, Assuredly, I say to you this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And of course, Peter denies that that will happen, but as the story unfolds, we will learn more about Peter's humanity. And as Jesus and as the 11 disciples sat around that very blessed dinner table, they sung a hymn. And as they closed out their Passover celebration, and we believe that was in the area of about uh, 9 o'clock in the evening, they then departed and headed out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus would eventually be going in to the Garden of Gethsemane. As nightfall is now approached, as this night of Passover is about to begin, remember that the plan is now unfolding. And the plan is to try Jesus. The plan is to get rid of Jesus. And the plan is to have all of this take place overnight under the cloak of darkness. And to do it in such a fashion that the people would not revolt in support of Jesus. Have you ever thought about the mind of Christ from the point of view of what did Jesus think when he was standing on the Mount of Olives on that triumphal entry? Knowing of the horrible week that lay ahead of him. Imagine the mind of Christ sitting there at the Last Supper. 
trying to give the final instructions to his followers. Knowing full well what was before him. But that plan being veiled from his disciples. Imagine the hymn. Imagine the walk from what we celebrate as the upper room. Down and outside the old city gates of Jerusalem. Down into the Kidron Valley and then back up on the next ridge to the east, which is the Mount of Olives. I think about what Jesus must have been contemplating during that walk. Because as we'll talk about in the next segment, Jesus is going to be having maybe the most serious conversation in prayer with his Heavenly Father of his entire ministry. When we come back, we'll go to the prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane as the events of the betrayal begin to unfold. I'm Bill Bunkley. This is the story of Easter. Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The worldwide death toll from the coronavirus has hit 100,000. That's according to a running tally kept by Johns Hopkins University. As of Thursday, there are 51,027 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the state of New Jersey. That's an increase of just over 3,500 cases since Wednesday. That makes it second in the list of states for the most U.S. coronavirus cases. Top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer says the Trump administration has agreed to pursue bipartisan House-Senate talks on an interim bill to replenish a $350 billion paycheck protection program for businesses that is being rapidly depleted. And British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's condition improving at a London hospital, but his father says the Prime Minister needs time to recover from the coronavirus. This is SRN News. You're an author writing a Christian book, so you may know this cheery little fact. Old-fashioned publishers reject thousands of manuscripts each year. You know your book is fabulous, but hey, if it's not what a publisher needs, eh. All you need is your book in print. You want it on Amazon. You want to spread the word the way you've written it, so do it. Forget old-fashioned publishing. Publish yourself with 21st Century Christian Publishing at Zulon Press. Fast and affordable, Zulon Press gives you the power to put your Christian book on the market the way you want it. Zulon Press knows your mission because they have the same mission. Publish your book, see it on Amazon, be a published author with Zulon Press. Learn more with your free guide to Christian publishing. Visit ChristianPublishing.com. Get your book hot off the press. Zulon Press. Find your free publishing guide at ChristianPublishing.com. Zulon Press is a division of Salem Communications. The same great people who bring you this nifty radio station. 
Nothing is more important than protecting your family and property. That's why you should make a free call right now to Vivint, the number one smart home services provider in the U.S. Vivint will make your home safer and more secure with a state-of-the-art system that's so simple to use. Vivint smart home specialists provide award-winning monitoring of your system 24-7, 365 to respond to any emergency, even when you can't. And with the 4.5-star rated Vivint smart home mobile app, control your entire house from anywhere. Locks, cameras, security system, all at your fingertips on your mobile device. Call Vivint now and get a free quote, professional installation, and full smart home service for as little as $2 per day. Equipment purchase or service agreement required. Conditions apply. Call now. A smart home is a safer home. So protect your family and your property, home or business, with a Vivint smart home system. Call 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. That's 800-311-6855. 800-311-6855. Do you currently get regular structured settlement or annuity payments from an insurance company for a personal injury, auto accident claim, wrongful death, or inheritance? If so, you don't have to wait for months or even years to get the cash you need now to cover urgent expenses like debts, tuition, medical bills, or exciting events like a new baby or down payment on a home. With over 25 years' experience, J.G. Wentworth, the country's leader in structured settlement purchasing, has helped thousands of people get the cash they need. Call today at 800 741 We offer flexible options that pay you a lump sum of cash for a portion of your payments, ensuring you get the money you need now while still receiving future payments from your structured settlement or annuity. And unlike others, J.G. Wentworth is a direct funder and can streamline the process, helping you get the lump sum of cash you need faster. For your free cash now quote, call 800-741-5929. That's 800-741-5929. 800-741-5929. And we're back with the story of Easter. I'm Bill Bunkley, and uh, we are talking about that very important week, the Holy Week. And we pick up the story now as Jesus has arrived on the Mount of Olives, and Jesus is now entering into the Garden of Gethsemane. The Scripture tells us that Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. And our Lord was deeply distressed, deeply sorrowful. And he said to these three disciples, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here. And watch with me. Then Jesus went a little bit further into the garden. He fell on his face and began to pray. Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came back to the disciples and he found them asleep. And he said to Peter, What, could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit, Jesus said, is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And then Jesus departed and went further into the garden again to pray. O my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, 
your will be done. And he came out and he found them asleep again. For the scripture tells us their eyes were weary. So Jesus left them again and he went to pray alone a third time. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour now is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Look, my betrayer is at hand. Now we believe this was happening sometime between the 9 o'clock hour and 10.30 on Thursday evening, after the Passover. And now we have the torches. Now we have the guards. The high priest is making his move. The one who would betray Jesus is leading the entourage. And while Jesus was still speaking, the scriptures tells us, behold, Judas, one of the twelve, with a great multitude of swords and clubs, came from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now his betrayer had given him a sign, saying, Whomever I kiss, he is the one. Seize him. And immediately Judas approaches and walks right up to Jesus, looks him in the eye and says, Greetings, Rabbi. And he kisses him. Jesus looks at him, I believe, straight in his eyes and says, Friend, why have you come? Now Jesus knows the answer to that. Just like so many times when Jesus asks us in his spirit questions that he already has an answer. Knowing that is important for us to face and to answer those important questions. So they came and they laid hands on Jesus and they took him. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword And he struck the servant of the high priest, and he cut off his ear. Name was Malchus. Jesus turned around and said to him, Put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father, and that he would not provide me with more than twelve legions of angels? How then could the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen thusly? In that hour, Jesus said to the multitudes, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I sat with you daily. I sat with you teaching in the temple, and you never seized me. You never arrested me. But all of this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples abandoned him and took off running. Every last one of them. Jesus, alone in a dark garden on the Mount of Olives, 
lit up by the torches of the guards of the soldiers, was now on his own. Now those that came to arrest him, they led him back into the old city of Jerusalem to Caiaphas the high priest, where all the scribes and elders were assembled. And by the way, this was a legal gathering. This was the beginning of an illegal proceeding. They were not following Jewish law. This was a lynching. Peter actually followed him at a distance to the high priest's courtyard and then went in and sat with the servants to see what was going on. Now the priests and the elders and all the council, they were, they were bringing up their false testimony against Jesus because they wanted to put him to death. Many false witnesses came forward. Many came in this bogus trial of our Lord and Savior. A lot of discourse went on between Jesus and the high priest. And all four of the Gospels speak to the dialogue that went on that evening. But the high priest at one point arose and said to Jesus, Do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? That's the false witnesses. But Jesus kept silent. And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us. Tell us if you are the Christ. Tell us if you are the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, and I can just picture Jesus looking intently into the eyes of the chief priest. It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. At that point, the high priest reached up the top of his garments and he ripped his garments, saying, He, Jesus, has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And the other priests gathered, began saying, He, Jesus, is deserving of death. Now, as this was going on, Peter was outside in the courtyard, and a young servant girl came to him saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it. Peter says, I don't know what you're saying. Not me. And when he had gone to the gateway, yet another girl saw him. Two women confronted him. And said to those who were there, she pointed at Peter and she said, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not even know this man. And yet, a little while later, those who stood by came up to Peter, recognized him and said, Surely you are one of them, for your speech betrays you. 
Then Peter began to curse. That's right. Peter is cursing. Peter is swearing, saying, I don't know this man. And immediately a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the words of Jesus, who had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So he went out and wept bitterly. I can only imagine, I can only imagine the pain in Peter's heart. Well, when we come back, we're going to be picking up the story as Jesus is now led away from the high priest and he's handed over to Pontius Pilate. Because they don't want to do the dirty work. They want Pontius Pilate to do the dirty work. We'll pick up with the story at that point in just a moment. Faith Talk 570, WTBN. When was the last time the owner of a heating and A.C. company took time out to share helpful tips on keeping your A.C. trouble-free? Learn how to save money and time on costly repairs and maintenance fees during Keeping It Cool with Josh Cabrera, owner of ACS Home Services, Central Florida's heating and cooling experts. Visit acshomeservices.com and listen to Keeping It Cool Saturday mornings at 11 on Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. To battle is to fight, to struggle, to overcome, and ultimately for the Marine Corps, it means to win. There is no alternative. It's not just a statement of intent. It's a promise to our nation, a promise kept for more than two centuries, a promise of the Marines. I'm Bill Bunkley, and welcome back to this special presentation of the story of Easter. We're going to pick up the story as Jesus is now being turned over to Pontius Pilate. He is now leaving the Sanhedrin, and now he's going to be put before the Roman civil law. And in fact, he's going to have a trial, an open trial, where many are going to watch the proceedings. At this time... We also learn of the fact that Judas realizes what he has done to Jesus. And Judas hangs himself. Now, Matthew tells us that he hung himself. Luke has a different account in Acts where he says that Judas purchased a field with the 30 pieces of silver. And that he he fell. He had an accident. He fell headlong and, well... He had a very horrific accident where he had all of his bowels were thrust out of his body. And yet there's still some other people who, the scholars, who contend that uh, in the process of hanging himself, he slipped and actually uh, impaled himself on a rock. But we don't really know. Some think he was murdered. But uh, other than what we hear, whether what we read in Matthew and Luke, that's what we know. But nonetheless... The conscience of Judas was too much for him to bear. We pick up the story now as Jesus is going before Pontius Pilate. Now, Jesus was born in the Galilee. Pontius Pilate 
feared taking action since Jesus was born in an area that was really out of his immediate jurisdiction. Now, Herod Antipas was there as well, and so he begins to try and figure out a way that maybe he could pardon Jesus in all of this process. But as Jesus is before him, with all the pomp and circumstance, very early in the morning, I might add, it is still a mockery. Because what's happening is, is that while he's before Pontius Pilate, he finds that the Roman procreator, procurator is trying to cut a deal. So he brings out a murderer, Barabbas, and he allows the crowd to make a decision. A decision where he says, in recognition of the Passover, he will follow the Roman tradition and he will release a Jewish prisoner. So he asked the crowd, who do I release? Do I release Jesus or do I release Barabbas? Well, officials of the Sanhedrin were there, and I believe that they were moving amongst the crowd at this point to make sure the crowd shouted for Barabbas to be released. A lot of dialogue goes on between Jesus and Pontius Pilate. And at this point, Pontius Pilate challenges Jesus. Tells him that he has the power to pardon him or to crucify him. Of which Jesus answers back to Pilate and says, You have no power unless that power was bestowed to you by my Father in heaven. And so the crowd says, Let him be crucified, crucified, crucified. And so then Jesus is then set to go to Golgotha. And as you know, the Roman soldiers. They took Jesus in the praetorium, and they gathered a whole garrison around him, and they stripped him, and they put a scarlet robe on him. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him, and they mocked Jesus, saying, Hail, Jesus, King of the Jews, and they, they spit on our Savior. They took a reed, and they struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and put his own clothes on him. And then, as he was beaten and battered, a crown of thorns thrust into his skull. They led him away to be crucified. And they began the journey to Golgotha. And as Jesus was stumbling, a man came out, a man of Cyrene. His name was Simon. And uh, they forced Simon to carry his cross. Jesus is led to Golgotha. The Roman guards hammered the nails into his wrists and into his legs 
and he is thrust upon that crossbar and he is crucified. They put a sign over his head. This is Jesus who is king of the Jews. Along with two robbers, he was crucified. One on the right, one on the left. Many people were blaspheming Jesus while he was upon the cross. They were wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. You who are the Son of God, come down from the cross. The chief priests were there. They were mocking him, along with the scribes and the elders. They were yelling at him, saying, Hey, he saved himself. They yelled at him, I should say, He cannot save himself. If he were the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let God deliver him now, if he will even have him, for he said, I am the son of God. So from the sixth hour to the ninth hour, there was darkness all over the land. Jesus gave up his spirit. Jesus said it was finished. Jesus instructed John, who was there, and his mother Mary and the other Mary, instructed John to take care of his new mother, which was Jesus' mother, of which we have accounts that John was very faithful to the words of the Savior. So Jesus is crucified. When Jesus is crucified, there's a great earthquake. In the temple, the veil was ripped in two. Darkness came over the land. Everyone knew now that this was just no ordinary man. And in the midst of that turmoil, as Jesus had expired, Joseph of Arimathea comes upon the scene, and he offers Jesus offers his burial place for for Jesus to be entombed. And Jesus is prepared. He's wrapped in the burial clothes. It must be done very quickly because all this must happen before sundown. And so Jesus is placed in the tomb. And, of course, we know the glorious story that on the third day, When the women came to the tomb, Jesus was not there. Even with an armed guard to make sure that no one could come and steal the body and thus perpetuate a big hoax of a story, Jesus was resurrected. And, of course, on that fateful morning of the empty tomb, and, of course, Jesus not only showed himself to the disciples there, but later in Galilee. It is the hope of the Easter story that we have today. Now I want to share with you that the Easter story and all of its details are richly documented in the Gospels. And in the brief one hour that we had to share with you today the story of Easter, we certainly could not bring you all of the compelling dialogue in the stories, the words of Jesus, because time would prohibit that. But this is the time of the Holy Week, 
this is the time where I very much encourage you to seek out maybe the Gospel of Matthew. So much of the story of the last week of Jesus is laid out in that Gospel. But yet there's also compelling accounts in Mark and Luke and John. And to get the entire story of Easter, you need to check out all four Gospels. But as we close, I want to ask you, do you know this King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of your life? Have you ever considered the claims of Christ if you do not know him? Jesus came to save you. Jesus came to love you. I can't think of a a more appropriate time if you don't know Jesus for you to spend this time during this holy week to get better acquainted with the claims of Lord Jesus Christ. And I would urge you in a very simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your life. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Ask Jesus to make you whole. To ask Jesus to redeem your life. Because I want to tell you that is the most important decision you will ever make. And of course, you will be spending eternity somewhere. That's right. You will live forever. And we believe you will either live in eternity in either heaven or in hell. And dear brother, dear sister, we want you to join us in this life dedicated to Christ and join us for all eternity in heaven. For Jesus tells us the moment that we pass away on this earth, we are absent with the body, present with the Lord. I hope you make that decision today. Thank you so much for being with us today in this very brief story, the story of Easter, the final week of the life of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this earth before he went home to be with his Father in heaven. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for being part of our WTBN family. From all of us here at WTBN, we wish you a very blessed Easter. I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. One customer had a company lunchroom overrun by mice. They kept it clean, but every morning they saw containers moved and mouse droppings everywhere. I set up my plug-in pest-free commercial system to get rid of the mice quickly and then changed it back to the pro unit, which to this day is still keeping the mice away. Plug-in pest-free is not a sonic device. It's chemical-free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair dinkum. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget with Plug-in Pest Free. 
Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. In an Easter message from the Oval Office, President Trump has thanked the country's health care workers for all they're doing to protect Americans amid the pandemic. To the doctors, nurses, and health care workers to restore health to the sick and to renew the hope in every person who is suffering, our nation will come through like never before. Senate Republicans have signaled that they will not be ready to launch into another round of economic stimulus talks until next month. Bernie Bennett has more from Washington. The GOP resistance put a damper on Speaker Nancy Pelosi's and Senate Democrat leader Chuck Schumer's efforts to seize a political momentum on a phase four coronavirus stimulus package. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell said he's not opposed to more money for hospitals and health care providers down the line, but said Democrats are already asking for money for programs they have yet to receive funding for allocated in the CARES Act, which became law on March 27th. The president backed up McConnell this week by assuring him that he would veto the Democrat proposal to pair $250 billion in small business funding with $250 billion in aid to states and hospitals. Bernie Bennett in Washington. Also at SRNews.com, don't look now, but those ultra-low gas prices could soon be a thing of the past. OPEC and its partner nations, including Russia, have agreed to cut crude production by up to 10 million barrels a day. And some other oil-producing countries, including the U.S., are eyeing their own cuts in what would be an unprecedented global pact to stabilize the market. The price of crude is down over 50 percent since the start of the year. And while that helps consumers and energy-hungry businesses, it is below the cost of production for many countries and companies. Rich Thomason reporting. U.S. consumer prices fell four-tenths percent in March with the price of gasoline, airfare, and hotel rooms all down, indicating the coronavirus was having an impact. This is SRN News. As soon as we're back out in our yard, yep, we get company. Dandelions, lurking crabgrass, and wheat-thin grass. But Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action takes care of them all. Now, with one bag, you can kill weeds, prevent crabgrass for up to four months, and feed for greener grass. Triple action, so your lawn thrives, guaranteed. Only from Scott's. Weeds aren't welcome here. This is a Scott's Yard. Pick up a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. This is Franklin Graham. As news about the coronavirus seems to worsen, many people are feeling overwhelmed, anxious, even fearful. We want to help. At the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, we have a prayer line that's open 24-7. We have staff who would love to speak with you, pray with you. Remember, God loves you. Call 1-888-388-2683. That's 1-888-388-2683. Or visit billygraham.org. Hulk Hogan has some thoughts on the virus outbreak. The professional wrestler might not spring to mind as a spokesman for Christ, but on Instagram, Hogan says, quote, God says you want to worship athletes, I will shut down the stadiums. You want to worship musicians, I will shut down civic centers. You want to worship actors, I will shut down theaters. Maybe we need to take this time of isolation from the distractions of the world and have a personal revival where we focus on the only thing in the world that really matters, Jesus Michael Harrington, SRN News. Another American synagogue is defaced. Authorities in Los Angeles are looking for the person who sprayed anti-Semitic graffiti on the Ahavat Shalom Synagogue this week in the run-up to Passover. The local Anti-Defamation League chapter has released a statement saying, We are outraged 
by this attack. This particular synagogue has been the target of graffiti in the past. This is SRN News. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Coronavirus is impacting our community. Join Bill Bunkley afternoons at 530 as local pastors lift our community up. Dr. Tommy Green, it's an honor to have you back. Continue to bless this broadcast, Lord, for people who are listening in. May they receive that encouragement and that hope that is found only in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you, and we know that whosoever will call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. Praying with local pastors, afternoons at 5.30 on The Bill Bunkley Show. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and at radio.com. Do you have COVID-19 symptoms, need testing, and are a Hillsborough County resident? Call 813-272-5900 to qualify and get registered for a free test. Insurance is not required. Visit hcflgov.net slash stay safe for more information. That's hcflgov.net slash stay safe. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsborough, 813-287-5700 or toll free. 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around, or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. And greetings to you as we are experiencing a very, very unorthodox week. It's Holy Week in American for America for Christmas, Christians as well as uh, for Jews as this week is like one we've never experienced. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. And as always, I want you to know that my first commitment to you is that we want to be here for you. We want to be able to uh, share truth with you, but we also want to be the appropriate encouragement that is called for the times that we are in. And, you know, it's been a holy week of self-reflection. It's been an isolation during this holy week for many that we've never experienced. And as if we have uh, walked through not only looking at uh, what's happening around us today, but then sort of uh, putting the backdrop of what we know of what happened thousands of years ago during this week. It has been a tremendous time of reflection for me, and I hope that it has been for you as well. And to think about it, to think about the intrigue that we have been following this week. We have intrigue not only with following what was part of the moment-by-moment Uh, actions in Jesus Christ's timeline in the last week of uh, his natural life before he was crucified. 
and then we have the timeline that we have been following for the coronavirus day by day and uh, and some days um, appearing rather gloomy, some days giving us some hope. But I want to tell you that the whole picture here is our hope in Jesus Christ. For you see, a few days ago we celebrated Jesus coming into the city of Jerusalem. He was hailed as King of the Jews. And quite frankly, we must understand that was a very literal sense. Because the people were there were not worried about a king that was necessarily going to be representing Judaism. No, no, no. They wanted a political king. They wanted someone that the people could rally around, that they could raise their forces, and that they could work toward not only ousting uh, the Romans, uh, but also the uh, Jewish synagogue, the temple there in Jerusalem, had really become corrupted. And so Jesus was coming in that day, as we mentioned earlier this week, as the sacrificial lamb, on the very day that millions of pilgrims, maybe up to two to two and a half million pilgrims, all coming up to the temple, all with their families, and at least 250,000 little baby lambs, little baby goats, would be sold and would be inspected for three or four days to make sure that if they were sacri- they were a sacrifice without blemish. And Jesus came through the sheep gate, just like all of those sheep would enter into the markets right there at the foot of the temple. And then we reflected on Passover. Passover this year occurred on Wednesday night. And we had the opportunity to focus that many believe that Passover is Jewish and Easter is Christian. Well, no, no, no. Number one, remember that as a Christian, my Savior is a Jewish carpenter. My Savior is someone who was well-versed on Jewish law. And uh, our Savior came to Jerusalem to participate in the Passover with his inner circle. We know it today as the Last Supper. And so the week began, and um, then we have Thursday, the Thursday before Easter. And it's, it is Monday, Thursday. It's a celebration where we look at the washing of the feet. You know, I was reading this week of when uh, Jesus sent out the, uh, I believe it was the 72, sent out all of the followers uh, at that moment to go out two by two. And they weren't even supposed to wear sandals because he said, don't take any sandals. And so they trucked around barefooted. And even those that wear sandals, you can imagine in that very arid land, feet get pretty dirty. And usually when you visited somebody's house uh, at the time of Jesus, there would be a servant there that when you arrived, 
your feet would be washed before you entered the residence or when you came in, the first thing that would happen, they would wash your feet. Certainly, <clears throat> the, the owners of the resident customarily would not be the ones washing the feet. But that's what Jesus did. And he also took into that last supper. And what's interesting that even though that we don't necessarily pay all the attention to Thursday that maybe we should, and again, it's uh, Monday Thursday. Monday comes from that Latin word, and it's a Latin word for command. So you might say, well, why was, why was this command Thursday? Well, the central theme that came out of that night was Jesus' command to his inner circle, his disciples, and that was to love one another. And the central tenet of the gospel of Jesus Christ is this brotherly love or to love one another. And therefore, that's where we get that Latin word for a Monday, and that's a Monday, Thursday. And then, of course, we arrive at Good Friday. After a night, the most extraordinary night in history, a night when Jesus left that upper room, made his way through the streets of the city of David, outside the walls of Jerusalem, going down, crossing the Kidron Valley, and then heading up to to the olive grove, the olive grove that still stands there today, that still has olive trees 2,000 plus years of age, uh, olive trees that you can go, and if you're on one of my tours and many other tours, you can, you can marvel at a tree that the experts believe was there the time that Jesus and his disciples took refuge into that Garden of Gethsemane. And, of course, you know what happened. Uh, he prayed. He prayed so hard. The weight of the world, the sin was on his shoulders, and he prayed blood. He, when he was praying, he sweated blood. Excuse me. And then, of course, Judas came in, and uh, who betrayed him for the 30 pieces of silver, brought in the temple guards. They seized Caesar. Uh, they seized, excuse me, they seized Jesus. And uh, as they were doing that, uh, Peter cut off one of the ears of uh, those uh, that were there in the military entourage, and Jesus uh, had to replace the ear. And they took Jesus to a horrific night of trumped-up charges, slapping, spitting, humiliating him, and then taking him on false charges, not once but twice to Pontius Pilate until the, the leaders of the temple, a heriting company, got their way, and uh, he was dragged off on Good Friday afternoon. At about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he gave up his soul. And the glorious thing is, is as we are, we are reflecting on all of these events of the we go from Good Friday, to Resurrection Sunday. Oh, what a glorious day that is. And remember that it was the females 
who were with the entourage of Jesus and his disciples. And in fact, you have to be a, a very uh, pretty stout student to read and understand that women were a part of uh, that ministry, especially as it grew over the three years. And there was a lot that the women were doing to support that effort. And it was the women who went out early on Sunday morning because Jesus had to be taken off the cross because in that year, Passover was going to, of course, happen at sundown. And very quickly, one of his secret supporters in the Sanhedrin, that's Joseph of Arimathea, he talked to Pilate and... um, sure they knew each other politically and he was given permission to take the body of Jesus and to put the body in his own tomb and we know what happened then the women came because he was so abruptly laid in the tomb he was wrapped in some linens but certainly was not uh, prepared uh, after death by the herbs and spices so they came back to to finish the job only to find out that he has risen He has risen indeed. And so that's the hope that we have. And as I uh, uh, challenge uh, on my something to think about, not only as we reflect on uh, Monday, Thursday, but uh, Good Friday and Easter, the, the end of that story is he has risen. He has risen indeed. And so today as we contemplate the part that uh, you and I have played, on this um, Holy Week, uh, the part that we have contributed to the sin in our lives, that uh, it was because that he came and he gave his life for us. He's the substitutionary, uh, redemptive body that was given for all. So I hope that as we have so many things that are happening around us, and especially with this, this environment that seems so strange that we find ourselves in, Uh, because of the COVID-19 crisis that we're in, and also knowing that our future, when we get going, when the economy is called up, when you're going to get back to your job, for those of you who haven't uh, been at your job, uh, things are going to be different. And so much speculation is going on as to how we will Uh, react the days ahead and some of our um, customs are going to be changing I just want to tell you that um, in the midst of all of this I think that God set it aside so we would have this special week uh, the week that we are in the midst of uh, closing out the week and just saying to God be the glory for great things he has done I'm Bill Bunkley this is the Bill Bunkley show we love you and we're here for you don't go away. We'll be right back. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached, embraced his feet, and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There's a real reason for the Easter season. Share it with a friend. Send an Easter greeting for free from CrossCards.com. 
The coronavirus is devastating our economy, leaving working men and women at huge risk. But you prepared, kept your insurance premiums paid up, and made sure you were covered. Don't let the insurance company keep you from getting everything you're entitled to. Go to FileAclaimToday.com and let them act on your behalf. Business, home, building, wind, rain, fire or flood, theft, vandalism, or act of God. You deserve what you've paid for. File a claim today. Toll free at 833-411-FILE or at FileAclaimToday.com. You know, spring cleaning doesn't just mean the deep clean you do around the house once a year. You may want to do some tidying up for your business's digital marketing, and Salem Surround can help. We give you all the right tools to surround your target audience and turn website visitors into website leads. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital presence and learn how to get your advertising message in front of today's consumers. Learn more by logging on to surroundtampa.com. Surroundtampa.com. Connecting you with new customers. Weekdays at 9 a.m., be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The old principle we were taught in Henry Blackaby's experience in God. Look for where God's at work. Just get in on it. Get involved. Join him in his work. Are you doing that in your life? The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and Let's Talk Faith.com. The following segment was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. It is Passover, and tonight uh, we're going to be experiencing, in some ways, exactly what the uh, what the Jews that were held in bondage in Egypt were experiencing, and that is uh, many plagues had come across the land as uh, Moses uh, was following. Um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and many plagues came in in different um, uh, timing sequences uh, to Pharaoh. And then the the final plague, and that was the dark angel, the angel that brought the, the, the darkness of the death. That is why uh, at 6 o'clock the um, Israelites were, cho- were told to sacrifice the... Uh, the lamb and to a lamb or a goat and to put that uh, a blood on uh, the sides and the top of their door frame so that when the angel of death came through uh, with that uh, the plague uh, that would kill the firstborn males of Egypt as well as the firstborn male animals in Egypt that uh, the entire um, uh, clans of uh, of the Jews uh, would not be affected. And so tonight, think about this, that uh, we're going to talk to Rabbi Stephen Weiler in just a moment to talk about uh, the Passover. But tonight, we're all going to be hunkered down because we are protecting ourselves from yet another killer. And uh, that is the potential for the coronavirus and for us to be able to uh, become infected. And um, I got a text just before I came on the air and uh, notified that uh, a good friend, um, 
has um, actually my good friend and uh, the wife of my good friend. Um, she has just been diagnosed with uh, coronavirus, and so um, she's um, certainly not uh, near the 60 or 65 range. She's not 20 either, uh, but she's in good health, so uh, we are optimistic that she will be one of the huge, huge numbers of folks uh, that will have to deal with this, but uh, it will not be uh, a sickness unto death. But it's a wake-up call again. It's a wake-up call, and many of you, uh, some of you probably have that person maybe even staying in your home back in the back room trying to figure out what to do uh, when your loved one has uh, this particular uh, situation. So uh, we're going to talk about that. And um, Rabbi Stephen Weiler, what a uh, just an absolutely godly man. And so he's um, a Messianic rabbi with the Shares David Messianic Synagogues. And so he'll be with us in just a few moments to talk about that. Well, right here in our area here, we continue to watch and to see as these numbers are building across the country, uh, building in New York City, as well as here in Florida. Now, there is uh, still looks like there's some evidence that the folks that are being admitted to hospitals in certain areas in the country and maybe leveling, leveling off a little bit. We don't know yet. Uh, but uh, for us to continue to uh, pray, uh, and, and this is the actual numbers that are going in, um, especially those who are passing away, we're keeping an eye on those numbers uh, pretty, pretty closely. Now, as we um, are dealing with a food shortage in this area, uh, I learned earlier today that Metropolitan Ministries had to suspend their program is they um, have a program where they assist families to be able to buy meals. Uh, they are completely out of their um, the cash to be able to do that. So they've had to shut down the operation uh, temporarily. Uh, I know they're working, and I'm sure that as the word goes out, uh, there will be entities uh, in our community that can be able to come and stand with them. So that's one aspect. Also want to know that uh, Tom Brady and his wife, um, they have donated 750 meals uh, right here in Tampa. And uh, so we have an organization that's going to be getting out to those meals. And so uh, our new resident and uh, one that... um, I'm sure that uh, about the time that uh, we anticipate that we will be able to come out of uh, this uh, seclusion, at least, that uh, I know that a lot of West Central Florida, uh, the guy that everybody used to hate here in West Central Florida, now that's going to continue with some, but it's amazing what a new team will do. And so uh, many of you are like me. I have... uh, uh, certainly respected him for his uh, ability as a quarterback. Uh, a few shenanigans uh, up uh, with the, the uh, previous team. But now that he's one of ours, you know what it reminds me of? It, <laughs> it reminds me kind of in a reverse order. Remember when Jesus was coming, went to uh, Bethany Bethpage, and he was coming down the Mount of Olives on that donkey? And he was received as a political hero. He's being received to be the new political king of Israel. 
I mean, they're they're cheering and cheering and cheering, and within a day or two, everything everything turns, and uh, then they're saying crucify, crucify. So you know, I'm thinking about Tom Brady. Now he starts out in our local area of uh, kind of like in the crucify, crucify, crucify uh, category. Um, he was so he is so good that a lot of people just just help that but hate them because of their own team not having that kind of talent. And so I'm thinking about the fact that here we go. We've got uh, we've got our own uh, sort of parallel story that the Tom Brady, you know, hate him, hate him, hate him. Oh, he signed with Tampa Bay. Oh, love him. Oh, yeah. Oh, the receivers he has. Oh, the tools that he has here. Oh, he's got the quarterback whisper. Oh, 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 oh. Best thing since sliced bread. Well, keep in mind that probably he's been the best thing since sliced bread regardless of what our opinions have been. But isn't it funny how quick we can we can turn, how quick we can get vocal one way or another. And so as today, as um, we are focusing on just resting in the Lord, relaxing in the Lord, and remembering one thing. Whenever you're faced with a challenge, and we're faced with a challenge, you got to put things in two categories. One category is, what are the things about this challenge that I can't change? And if you can't change it, we'll stop trying to. And then the category is, okay, we've got this new circumstance. What are the things I can do? And so I want you to prioritize and think about the things you can do and the things that we have no control over and uh, because day by day we're going to be we're going to be encouraging you to stay in the Lord and that way our mind is fixed upon him and not upon the challenge. When I come back a little after 7:30 it'll be Passover. Uh, Rabbi Stephen Weiler of the Jerus David Messianic Synagogues is here to talk about Passover's significance, the elements, and how the coronavirus is altering it this year. I'm Bill Bunkley. Be right back. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. John Scott. The U.K. recording almost 1,000 more COVID-19 deaths Friday than the day before, taking total deaths in the country now to 9,000. Prime Minister Boris Johnson's condition is improving in a London hospital, but Johnson's father says the Prime Minister needs time to recover from the coronavirus and is unlikely to be back at work soon. Meanwhile, millions of Britons are beginning the Easter holiday weekend in lockdown. Governor Andrew Cuomo says the coronavirus deaths in his state jumped by 777 in one day. Meanwhile, the number of people hospitalized is growing far less than last week, a possible sign the outbreak in New York is peaking. President Trump says that although Americans will not be able to gather as they normally would on Easter, they can use this sacred time to focus on prayer, reflection, and on growing their relationship with God. This is SRN News. These are uncertain times. You may be searching for resources that help with your fears and anxieties. We've found a great one and want to send it to you free. A 14-page guide with 10 ways to overcome your fears and anxiety from best-selling author and host of New Life Live, Stephen Arterburn. I want you to experience God's comfort right when you need it the most. For your free copy of 10 Ways to Overcome Your Fear and Anxiety, go to letstalkfaith.com and use the keyword overcome. 
letstalkfaith.com, keyword overcome. Hi, I'm David Moss Jr. from Moss Nissan. And right now, please know that the Moss family cares deeply about your family and our community. And as hard as we work to make our face-to-face experiences for our customers amazing, we understand that right now, not everyone will feel comfortable venturing out to a showroom. So I'd like you to know two things. One, we're going to get through this together. And two, our commitment to unbeatable customer service is always available at mossnissan.com where you can shop our full inventory of new cars and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. They're also available at any of our physical locations. You can secure financing, value your trade, take advantage of programs for all military and first responders, and complete your entire purchase online, and all from the comfort and safety of your home. We'll even deliver your new car right to your driveway. Plus, every vehicle features MossCare, which one great benefit is an antimicrobial surface designed to kill all bacteria and viruses. At MossNissan.com, we're committed to never losing a deal over price and, more importantly, never compromising the health and well-being of our customers. God bless. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and, of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. Sunday mornings at 9, join Rabbi Stephen Weiler for Heart of Messiah. God will take the Jewish people from the nations and gather them into their own land, sprinkle clean water on them, give them a new heart, a new spirit, and they will live in the land that God has given to our forefathers. Heart of Messiah, Sunday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, and online at letstalkfaith.com. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. And we're back. Bill Bunkley here. It is a countdown to Passover 2020. And uh, in our lifetime, this is going to be a Passover to remember. Have you thought about some of the parallel characteristics? Uh, The Jews had to hunker down in Egypt uh, as God was moving that plague through that land. And today in 2020, we're not only hunkered down here in America, folks are going to be hunkered down all around the world, including in Israel. And in a moment, we'll learn a little bit because of uh, what's been happening with the social distancing Uh, The rabbis, the chief rabbis uh, in um, Israel, have uh, sort of altered what may or may not be acceptable uh, given the situation that we're in. Well, there's no one I could think of uh, in my realm of friends uh, to be able to talk about the Passover more than my good friend, our good friend, Rabbi Stephen Weiler uh, of the Sharis David Messianic Synagogues. 
and he's going to be with us uh, today to talk a little bit about the Passover. And, Rabbi, it's good to see you. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you. Let's talk first about the Passover. The Passover was an event. Tell us a little bit about what that night was all about then, and then tell us uh, about uh, the instructions on why it is celebrated, has been celebrated every year since. Well, I think if you were to summarize it, uh, it would all be about God's deliverance. And that is, is really the key, uh, both then and now, really. Uh, a little different take on God's deliverance. Uh, certainly back then it was a physical deliverance. And uh, so the, the Israelites were, were able to get out of Egypt. Uh, we see oftentimes Egypt uh, in Scripture referring to sin. And so they were able to get out of the, the sin of slavery and into uh, eventually the promised land. And so that the Passover was really the, uh, what happened at the final plague when, when the Israelites put the uh, blood over the doorpost of the house in order for the firstborn to be saved and, and not to die. And um, after that, uh, Passover was celebrated uh, each year. Now tell us a little bit about the, the original Passover instructions. Because, Rabbi, we, we learned that right at sundown there was supposed to be the sacrifice of a, of a lamb or a goat. But there were other preparations that were supposed to be ready to go because... Uh, God had uh, alerted the Israelites about their impending physical departure out of Egypt. Talk about that. Well, yes, they, um, the people were were ready to go. Uh, there was, uh, they they were they, though they didn't have a lot of time, and so uh, they were instructed to uh, make what what we now know is matzah, which uh, doesn't require any uh, uh, of the normal, uh, well, the leaven would, would uh, cause a, a, a longer preparation time for making it, so it wasn't normal bread, it was the matzah, and because they were going to leave immediately. One of the only things, actually, that in terms of preparation was to ask their neighbors for, um, for something to go with, and, and their neighbors gave them lots of gold and silver and things uh, that were, uh, they, they actually left Egypt with, uh, with a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, bounty. So. This is the voice of Rabbi Stephen Weiler, and of course he's uh, one of our very beloved programmers, but he's also the rabbi there at the Sharis David Messianic Synagogues in multiple locations, and we are just blessed to have him here today. So let's fast forward to tonight, and I know in your congregation, as uh, Messianic believers, you're going to be recognizing the Passover tonight as well. But in a typical, uh, more orthodox, but even secular Jews will celebrate this day as well. Not addressing what may be a little bit different this year, what happens tonight when families, if families could gather together for something called the, the Seder Supper? 
Right. Well, there's something called a Seder, and uh, Seder means order. And so it's the order kind of of the home service. And we use a Haggadah, which is a booklet meaning the telling. And uh, so we usually would gather around. Uh, we might have 15, 20 people at a Seder. Now we also do congregational Seders, none of which are going on this year. Um, but um, that's what we would do. We would come together. We would follow the order of the Haggadah. And we would be reminded of what God did uh, for the Israelites. In fact, we see in Scripture that uh, God pretty much says this is when your children ask you, uh, uh, what is this all about? You are to explain what the Passover is to the children. So there's a real um, importance of doing this as a family, and and this is probably if one of the major times in the year, if maybe the only time of the year if, that most Jewish fathers will be sitting down with their sons and their children and their family and instruct them in terms of things of God, even if they don't believe necessarily in God or the God of the Bible, which is kind of interesting. As well, and I think, as I recall, uh, when the reading of the purpose is that, uh, is it by the Jewish law or by tradition? Isn't that the, the youngest person in the household that's able to read? Is that what I remember? Yeah, that's a tradition. Uh, there, there's something called the four questions, Manish Tana, and. Um, it you know it talks about uh, as we say in Exodus thirteen fourteen uh, that when your son asks you what does this mean say to him with a mighty uh, hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt and then they go into these four questions which <laughs> really don't have much to do with the answer uh, to the question but uh, traditionally there are a lot of traditions having to do with Passover and a lot of them, uh, funny enough, seem to have tremendous messianic implications. But, you know, one of the things you mentioned about the, um, the Orthodox rabbis making kind of new rules for, yes. for this Passover Seder, there's actually uh, a, something called in Hebrew, pikuach nefesh, which means saving a life. And what that means is that you can um, suspend any of the things that you were supposed to do, like Sabbath laws or whatever it is, if you are able to uh, or you need to safeguard the health uh, of or safety of an individual. So that's kind of what they have done so that people can kind of do their own thing for Passover. Now, part of that is a report out of Jerusalem is that, um, and I, I'm assuming it's worldwide, and again, we're talking about uh, uh, of the, the Jewish side of the, of the equation of celebrating this, and that is they're going to allow the use of electricity, and the thought behind that is in, in Israel, particularly in Jerusalem, 
there is a very strict order that no one is to be leaving their homes on the Passover. So that means that uh, mom and dads may not be with their kids, grandparents may not be with them. But they're allowing this change so that uh, the families can actually use Zoom as the sun goes down and as they have the Seder supper. And so uh, uh, obviously that's probably the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, and I think under the broader sense, they they uh, just feel that this is more important than the the actual one-time rule, and and so yeah, it's something that they uh, look. Family is really everything uh, in Judaism, and celebrating uh, the Passover is probably the most important holy day. I mean, some would say Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, but actually, as far as a gathering together for family, this is this is the holy day of the year. So it's it's very difficult to not. Um, I mean, this will be even <laughs> even with Messianic Jews. I mean, this will be the first time my wife and I have ever celebrated the Passover alone <laughs> together. We usually we have our kids, our grandkids. Uh, earlier years before, we had parents, and and so there was always somebody at the table. We we would do it with friends. We would do it with their family. This is it's really unheard of, and uh, I think there are some Zoom Passover seders going on in our congregation, and other people are just going to get on YouTube and hear people like Jonathan Kahn and others lead a Passover seder and do it that way. All right. Hey, we got a couple of minutes left. I want to ask you, Rabbi, um, here we have you and your wife are going to be alone, and uh, the parallels between, you know, the, 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 the plague that came over Egypt that uh, ultimately allowed the Jews to uh, be led by God to their freedom, and, but we're hunkered down here because of another plague. Have you been sort of thinking about those uh those parallel um, uh, um, incidents that are happening right now? Well, yes, uh, certainly I, I, I have. But I think the key thing for me is the blood over the doorpost is is really the same as what's needed today. We as believers, in a sense, have the blood over the doorpost of our house. And Jewish people who don't recognize Messiah, they uh, literally, uh, in a sense, uh, do not have this uh, God's protection. And um, I'm praying that they will see the similarity and, and understand the Passover lamb um, that takes away the sin of the world when they, you know, when they get a sense of the Passover lamb and they, and they think about what's going on, um, I really believe that there, there are going to be people who are going to connect, and we're going to see a lot of people come to the Lord, I believe, during the season. Well, I tell you what, uh, Rabbi Stephen Weiler, you are such um, a, a precious soul to our station. I can tell you with all of us, 
you uh, when you are in. We're not able to do any of that, but you're such an encouragement when we see you. And, of course, uh, your encouragement that you have for us uh, on our programming each week. And, of course, uh, Rabbi Stephen Weiler uh, is with uh, the Sharis David Messianic Synagogues in multiple locations. And uh, I thank you so much uh, when you said yes to come on today because often there's preparations for uh, the sundown festivities to begin. But I thank you so much for being with us. It was my pleasure, Bill. God bless bless you. you. Yes. Shalom. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment. Don't go away. I'll be right back. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. The following message is brought to you by Health Markets, your first choice when you need health insurance for your small business. Do you offer health insurance to your employees? Call us now and see if you can save money. Do you want to offer vision and dental to your employees? Call us. Do you think you're paying too much for your current health insurance? Call us. Do you want somebody else to do all the legwork and search thousands of health plans from over 180 health insurance companies nationwide? Call us. We're Health Markets, and thanks to a little-known solution, we could help your business save thousands of dollars on health insurance costs and save your employees money, too. Our service is free. Don't miss the great savings. Call now. 800-651-3235. 800-651-3235. 800-651-3235. That's 800-651-3235. Health Markets Insurance Agency is DBA of InSphere Insurance Solutions, Inc. Licensed in all states. Product availability varies. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. Hey, it's Mike Gallagher here. Things being what they are, you might have more spare time than you're used to. Keep busy by attacking that honey-do list, including having Autoglass America replace your cracked windshield. Autoglass America comes to you, keeping you safe. And with comprehensive insurance, you'll not only get a new windshield, you'll get up to $100 cash back. If you're a snowbird, it's connected to Florida Insurance, so you won't get this deal up north. I'm a customer. I love Autoglass America. Call 813-96-GLASS, 813 813-96- 96 glass or autoglassamerica.com. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. One customer had a log cabin plagued by rodents. Then he got Plug In Pest Free. 
After that, the rodents were gone, along with most other bugs and soldier bees. Then he noticed woodpeckers stopped drilling giant holes in his wood to get to the soldier bees, saving him money yearly in ongoing wood repairs. Plug-in pest-free is not a sonic device. It's chemical-free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair dinkum. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in and forget with Plug In Pest Free. Saturday mornings at 8, Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. If there's a mortgage still on it, then he owns uh, one half subject to the mortgage. If you pay the mortgage off and you want to be compensated for that, then just get him to sign a new mortgage or a promissory note to you so there's some, some proof that he owes you the money. Okay, I appreciate that. Ask an Attorney with Joe Pippen. Saturday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Hey, we're back. Bill Bunkley here. 877-943-9673. So you might be thinking, well, Bill, that was really great. Uh, we just loved uh, having a chance to hear by hear from a Rabbi Stephen Weiler about uh, the Passover. But you know, but you know, that's a Jewish thing. That's not a Christian thing. Oh, really? Oh, really? Could could we kind of back up and talk about that for just a moment? Because I think we mention it, and it's one of not one of our major ordinances, obviously, but we as Christians must remember that the Lord Jesus is our is our is our Savior, and he was also vocational vocational, I should say, as a Jewish carpenter. Emphasize Jewish. And the covenant and the promise was for God's chosen people, the Jews. Now, not because they were supposed to be superior or that God was going to make them superior, but you had to choose one group that God could develop the leaders to follow God's laws and God's word to be that leadership group to lead the peoples of the globe. And unfortunately, just like you and I, how we stumble and sin, well, Israel stumbled and never really materialized to follow the Lord consistently like he wanted. And so some folks will say, well, hey, we're getting to the season. You know, the Jews are going to celebrate Passover on so-and-so, and we're going to have our Holy Week on so-and-so. Well, let me just say that our, our, our father is a Jewish carpenter, right? And so we are engrafted as Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. I'm engrafted because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm going to give you a verse, a couple of verses that I want you to chew on as we go to our first, our, our break at the top of the hour. 
because, first of all, there have been some discussions that the Old Testament is really not relevant anymore. Now, there are some, there are some great voices being called of God. And uh, I just happen to disagree with this particular area. Don't I don't uh, throw out the ministries of these people, but believe me, I believe the Old Testament and and the principles. I, I jot da- I jotted down a page and a half of those today from reading in First Samuel and then a little bit in Luke. But I can tell you that uh, when I see the Lord treating. Someone in the Holy Scriptures, the inspired scriptures of, say, the Old Testament, I will write that principle down because God doesn't change. God's principles don't change. And then I turn around, and with my time with the Lord, with my, with my daddy, my heavenly daddy, my Abba Father, I write that down as a principle that ought to be in my walk for Christ. But listen to this. This comes from um, uh, Matthew uh, 26, 17 to 30. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, that is the Passover. Hmm. Scripture tells us it is written on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked Jesus, quote, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And Jesus replied to them, Go into the city to a certain man, and there tell him, quote, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I am going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. And so the disciples did as Jesus had directed them. And what did they do? They prepared the Passover. And that's why I want to appeal to you this afternoon. If this is the first year, hey, kind of get into a little Bible study or a family discussion tonight about the Passover. And as Rabbi Stephen Weiler just said, uh, Jonathan Kahn, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, is apparently going to have a live Seder tonight. And uh, Jonathan is a is a very knowledgeable, a gifted rabbi. And uh, I'll just recommend to do a little search for that and uh, plug in with that to do something totally different. Turn off the cable TV news. Uh, watch the sun go down and uh, at 7.52 or thereabouts know that there's going to be Seder celebrations all around, and there's nothing wrong with you observing that along with uh, our Jewish brethren and our Messianic Jewish friends. But uh, don't separate Passover from Christianity. And uh, don't, don't say, well, the Jews have their Passover, we have our Holy Week. No, 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 no. Our Holy Week has everything to do with the Passover. And remember that Jesus had to be taken off that cross by sundown. Why? Because of the beginning of Passover. All in God's timing. I'm Bill Buckley. going to take a time out. I am honored that you're here. Don't go away. I'll be right back, and I'll be looking for you. 
The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Bible Line with Pastor Ralph Yankee Arnold. In the book of 1 Peter in chapter 4, it says that uh, we have a place reserved for us in heaven. Mm, the faith is not away. Eternal in the heavens. we got a place. So I already know I'm going to heaven. But uh, one of the greatest things you can do is that if you have trusted Christ as your Savior, let your loved ones know it. Bible Line, weekday mornings at 10 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, tune in, iHeart, and at radio.com. To battle is to fight, to struggle, to overcome, and ultimately for the Marine Corps, it means to win. There is no alternative. It's not just a statement of intent. It's a promise to our nation, a promise kept for more than two centuries, a promise of the Marines. Faith Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at letstalkfaith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. As the effects of mitigation are showing smaller numbers of people being infected by the coronavirus, President Trump is praising the American people for obeying social distance guidelines and staying at home. One of the reasons we're so far below that number is because nobody thought the American people could be so disciplined. Nobody thought it was possible. And I guess when they watched us up here every day and they watched other people and they listened to their representatives and governors, nobody thought that the American people could be so disciplined. They've been unbelievable. He says he hopes to be able to reopen the country soon. Governor Andrew Cuomo reported that coronavirus deaths in New York jumped by 777 in one day. Meanwhile, the number of people hospitalized is growing far less than last week. A possible sign the outbreak in New York is peaking. Bishop Perry Jackson of Hope Christian Church delivered a Good Friday message as he joined President Trump in the Oval Office. Good Friday, as we prepare to prayer, is one of the darkest days in the Christian faith in that Christ stood in substitution for our sin. But the resurrection is our victory. Consumer prices took a plunge last month as the coronavirus pandemic really started to hit businesses. The Labor Department report shows consumer prices fell four-tenths of a percent in March, the largest decline in five years. Energy costs slid 5.8 percent, with gasoline prices falling ten and a half. The coronavirus pandemic has hit the travel industry particularly hard, and the report shows airfares plunged 12.6 percent, while hotel and motel prices dropped 6.8. Compared with a year ago, consumer prices are up a modest 1.5 percent, and core inflation, which excludes the volatile food and energy categories, has risen 2.1 percent. Ben Thomas, Washington. And this is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. 
That's 1-800-880-7474. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. A Christian financial expert is concerned about churches accepting government money during the virus outbreak. What's happening is we'd be receiving taxpayer funds. It looks like it's a, a legal program, which there's no problem with that. And while it may be legal, we think it's probably unwise to take the funds. Chuck Bentley of Crown Financial Ministry says this could cause trouble in the future. I'm asking churches and ministry leaders to just consider, do you really need the funds? Have you talked to your people first? Uh, I would like to see the church rise up and take care of this need rather than the taxpayer. He's especially concerned about church's tax-exempt status. A judge in southwest Virginia has rejected a lawsuit that sought to carve out a religious exemption to Governor Ralph Northam's executive order requiring people to stay at home. Russell County resident Larry Hughes filed the lawsuit this week. He says the governor's stay-at-home order infringes on his religious freedom. This is SRN News. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. During this extraordinary time, pastors are reaching beyond the pulpit by live streaming messages. At letstalkfaith.com, we're helping spread the word by posting links to local church live streams. In fact, if you're a pastor or church media director, you can post your link at no cost. We remain committed to the local church and to providing strength between Sundays. Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and at letstalkfaith.com. Take Faith Talk, AM 570 and 910 with you wherever you go. Using our mobile app, letstalkfaith.com, Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and at radio.com. Do you have COVID-19 symptoms, need testing, and are a Hillsborough County resident? Call 813-272-5900 to qualify and get registered for a free test. Insurance is not required. Visit hcflgov.net slash stay safe for more information. That's hcflgov.net slash stay safe. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Christ demands first place. There's no room on the throne of your heart for two gods. This is the Bill Bunkley Show on Faith Talk 570 and 910 WTBN. Our rights come from nature and God and not from government. History will record with the greatest astonishment that those who had the most to lose did the least to prevent its happening. Phone lines are open in Hillsboro, 813-287-5700 or toll free. 1-877-943-9673. As for me and my house, we've already made a decision. We are going to serve the Lord. And that's a decision that every single person here tonight has to make. You either have to decide that you're going to serve the gods of materialism all around, or the true and the living God. And now, the president of the Florida Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission. Here's Bill Bunkley. Hey, we're back this afternoon, and uh, it's a very special day. It is Good Friday, and it's certainly a day of reflection for so many of us that are in the Christian faith. And you know, it's a day where we really think about relationships. Now, we have relationships with our Heavenly Father, relationship. We have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's one God and three persons, not to confuse folks. 
But then we also have relationships with so many other people. It could be our spouses. It's our children. Uh, it's those we work with. It's the relationships we have when we go out. And so today, uh, Dr. Greg Smalley is joining us from Focus on the Family and uh, such an expert in, in the area of families and relationships and and the counseling that he does in addition to his work there at Focus on the Family. And uh, Dr. Smalley, it's so good to have you with us on this very special day. Well, thank you, Bill. So pleasure's all mine. Hmm. You know, when we think about even our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, on the night that he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he knew that he came here for a reason. He knew that he had this big assignment. But even then, in that relationship with his father, he said, Lord, if you could see a way for this cup to pass, could that happen? And, of course, uh, the Lord, uh, the, God the Father, was not able to do that. Talk about relationships here. We've been we've been cooped up for several days. Now we have an opportunity to examine the claims of the uh, of the Gospels, and so maybe spouses. Uh, you know, we, we, this is a time where we're looking to see how our relationship is with the Lord Jesus Christ may not be where it should be. Our relationships with our spouses are not uh, where they should be, and, and in fact, may have a spouse that doesn't share our faith. Give us a couple of thoughts here in a few moments we have about how you weed through this and, and you just turn to God and trust him through all this. Yeah, absolutely, Bill. When I think about Good Friday, when I think about Easter weekend, um, it, it, it for me, relationally, it always is about sacrifice. I mean, that's exactly what Christ did for us by dying on the cross. He sacrificed his life so that we would have an opportunity to spend eternity together with God, with Christ. Um, And so when I think about then relationships, um, what does that then really look like? How do we live that out? How do we maybe this weekend really look to to sacrifice for our family, our loved ones? My youngest daughter, Annie, um, one of the verses that, that we've been memorizing is that there is no greater love than when a person lays down his or her life for a friend. And so Annie is really, she really likes that verse. And so has memorized it and thinking about it. And the other morning, we, Annie loves bacon. So it's like, that's her breakfast item. So, <laughs> you know, it's preparing her bacon. And, and there were only a couple pieces left. And we needed to go to the store. So I picked it up, gave it to her. Of course, you know, there's nothing better than, than the smell of bacon waffling, you know, throughout the house. And so our one of our other daughters came down, and she's like, oh, bacon, awesome, where is it? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, you're too late, Murph, sorry. Annie's got the last, you know, like two pieces. And so you, you could in that. So Murphy looks at Annie, and, and Annie kind of diverts her eyes. And then you see Annie holding two pieces of bacon, one in each hand, and you just tell that she's really thinking about something. So finally she takes one, hands it over to Murphy, and, and you know, Murphy gobbles it up. And then Annie looks at me and she goes, Dad, look, I just laid down my life. <laughs> and I said, well, not quite as much as the pig did <laughs> for yes. you, but that's not bad. So I think it's, I think it's, this weekend, um, as we're all together, I know we're all tired of each other. We're cabin fever. You know, I mean, with just being together 24-7, we've been doing a lot of things with and for one another. 
but but maybe really talk to your family, talk you know, talk to your spouse, and 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 ask you know what would what would sacrifice look like this weekend for you if 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 you know if I was to sacrifice my time, my my resources, something, what what would I do that would most help you to feel loved? And yeah, I one time asked my wife Erin that. And and just said, hey, you know what 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 is? I, I said, you know what what's the chore around the house that you hate the most? And in my mind, I'm thinking, don't say the dishes, don't say the dishes. <laughs> I hate doing the dishes. Ah, I said, well, you know what? I, I really want to do that is an act of sacrifice because Christ modeled that. Let me let me let me own that. Let me do that. And and so that that's. That's something practically you guys could do as a family is just go around and, and just allow as a family, as a couple, just to talk about that. What, would, what, what could I give up because I value you so much? What could I sacrifice as an investment into you over this weekend and, and, and just and, and do those things? Because, again, that's, that, that I think is the point of – of this weekend, it's it's it, first first John three sixteen says that this is how we know what love is. So I, I just love that because it's clearly stating this is how we know what love is. Christ laid down His life for us; we ought to do that for others. And and so there's there's no better you know op, you know gift that we can do within a relationship of any kind than to really think that through and ask people, hey, I want to love you. I know that's going to take on the form of sacrifice. So what would that look like to you? How could I, how could I best do that? And then let's just make a point of, of, of really providing that for our family. That's the voice of Dr. Greg Smalley with Focus on the Family, reminding you so many resources are available for you yet this moment at Focus on the Family. That website is FocusOnTheFamily.com. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com. And uh, also remember that uh, Focus is a uh, 501c3 ministry that's uh, dependent uh, on uh, so many people supporting uh, its mission. And uh, we always like to remind that uh, when we're talking about them here um, on the Bill Bunkley Show because, number one, they need your prayers. And number two, they really could appreciate uh, receiving your support. So keep that in mind. Uh, Dr. Smalley, when we think about these um, relationships and we think about sacrifice, we live in a culture where it's get, get, get. It's advantage, advantage, advantage. It's it's winning, winning at all costs. Win, 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 win. Well, just, uh, you know, yesterday as we were in Monday, Thursday, and uh, Monday, Thursday talks about uh, the fact that two emphasis, number one, the humility of Jesus when he washed the, the, the disciples' feet, and then the fact that uh, uh, he partook of the, uh, the, the Passover supper with his disciples, also known as the Last Supper. But when you look at the word uh, Monday, uh, Monday uh, Thursday, that's from a, a Latin word that means command. And the command of that evening, his final uh, sharing with his disciples, was that, that, that great uh, uh, provision for us to follow, and that is love thy neighbor. Well, in today's culture, even among spouses, 
giving and the sacrifice, the sacrificial uh, serving that you just talked about, it's almost getting to be a foreign, um, foreign alien in our culture today. But maybe today on Good Friday when we see this supreme sacrifice, maybe that's one of the things that we ought to take into the afternoon and evening uh, when it comes to our own lives. It, it really, because it's the Bible is so clear that, that, that when it often talks about love, it's pairing love with sacrifice. And, and, and again, no greater love than to lay down one's life. And so it's just it's just a really practical way to put um, some some actions to this idea of of loving our family. I love also as you talked about that Passover feast between Jesus and the disciples. One of the things that is is what the Christ did is that you know he took the bread, he he blessed it, so he gave thanks. He broke it and then he gave it out. He used it. And, and you see that same sort of pattern in the feeding of the 5,000. You see it multiple times, this idea that, that, that of being blessed, being broken, and then being used. And what I love, you know, we all love those, those seasons of being blessed. I mean, who doesn't? I like it when my 401K is, is sky high and I've got yeah, plenty of, yeah. you know, groceries at the grocery store that I can go get. But, but – it would, in order for God to use us, to use us as a family, to use our family, to use us as individuals, usually that we have to be broken. And I know for so many of us, that's what's so hard about this weekend is we've experienced health issues, you know, job loss, income loss, just all the little losses that we've experienced from being quarantined. You know, can't go out with friends, can't go out to restaurants, can't whatever, fill in the blank. And, and there's so many lots. We, we are being broken right now. And what I love is, is, is God's promise through his son, through Christ, that, that as we are broken, he ultimately is going to use us. And, and God, God will never use a prideful heart. God will use a, a very humbled, very broken, very pliable heart to, to, to do his his work here on earth. So even even as a family, talk about that. You know, what are some of the, the unexpected blessings that we've found from being quarantined and together this Easter weekend? What how are we being broken as a family, mm, as individuals? Yes. You know, and then and then what you know, how might God be wanting to use us? Maybe in the life of another family, a neighbor, um, giving money, whatever that might look like. But but that's a real easy way as a family to talk about, as a couple to talk about, yeah, how are we being blessed, broken, and then ultimately used? Mm. I want to tell you that as Dr. Smalley has really uh, sort of opened up and peeled away the the onion about what Good Friday is all about, it's about brokenness. And it was through the brokenness that Jesus experienced uh, because there was, he knew no sin, but he took all the sin on his shoulder and uh, he gave it all, uh, not only in being whipped and beaten and persecuted, but also dying on that cross. And today on Good Friday, it's a day that we can consider uh, being broken in our lives for that next step for him. And uh, what a marvelous uh, opportunity for us to hear from 
uh, Dr. Smalley this afternoon on this Good Friday. Well, we're going to wrap things up in a moment, and uh, normally we get a chance to talk a little longer, but our special programming today on Good Friday uh, precludes that. So, Dr. Uh, Greg Smalley, I want to just wish you safety, wish you have a blessed evening tonight with your family as well as Resurrection Sunday, and we look forward to being with you again real soon. Hey, thank you so much, Bill. You too. God bless you. All right, I'm Bill Bunkley. In a moment, we'll be back with some things to do from Movie Guide. Don't go away. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-776-6094. 800-776-6094. To ensure the safety of animals on set, I rely on American Humane's eight decades of experience. As a director, nothing is more important than making sure everyone is safe, and that includes the animals as well. Thanks to the people of American Humane, we can Wash your hands, avoid sick people, and touching your face. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Sunday mornings at 11, join Dr. John Connell of Countryside Baptist Church for Helping Life Make Sense. Give up your security blanket and open your heart and your mind to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within you. Helping Life Make Sense with Dr. John Connell. Sunday mornings at 11 on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and at letstalkfaith.com. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. Hey, we're back on this Good Friday afternoon, and uh, our programming has been rearranged again for yet this weekend. What reminds you, coming up in just a moment, bottom of the hour, we'll have uh, Dr. John Connell of the Countryside Baptist Church. He'll be sharing a word and praying for us. That's coming up in just a few moments. Well, we want to go out to uh, the uh, left coast, uh, out to L.A. and Hollywood, and uh, it's time for a movie guide segment. And this is an important one because we've got some special movie guide offerings for you this weekend while we are all at home uh, celebrating the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. With us today is the host of Movie Guide TV, and, uh, of course, that is uh, Evie Bear Carroll. And, Evie, it's so good to have you with us, especially when we got something special to share that's coming up this Sunday. And, and what a great time for us to be together. I know. I love Easter weekend. Easter's my favorite holiday. 
And I want to tell you guys about the Movie Guides uh, program that we have on Easter. And this is a really uplifting program. The reason we do it is we want to show people that even, you know, even people who aren't Christian, that there are uplifting things and there are really powerful um, movies that talk about faith. And so this is Movie Guides, Movies That Inspire. It's on the Reels channel uh, on 1 p.m. Uh, or it's 4 p.m. Eastern time. And so you can go to our website and find out more. But we really want to uplift people. And if you know people who aren't necessarily Christian, it will be a great program for them to watch because it shows them faith in a powerful way in story, in a story format. And again, that website, to which I always mention, is movieguide.org, movieguide.org. Make sure you put that on your home or office PC as a favorite. Download it to your smartphone so that in a few weeks when we get a chance to go to the movies again, you can take a look on your phone and see which ones are appropriate for your family. Again, that is 4 o'clock on Sunday. Check your local listings by going to movieguide.org, but that's on the Reels channel, which is a cable channel. Uh, hopefully that you have in your lineup. Also want to talk about one of the articles that we uh, were f- are getting uh, focusing your attention on by Tess Ferran, who's the associate content editor. And Sight and Sounds uh, has their newest production, which is Jesus, and that's going to be available this Easter weekend. Again, thanks to TBN, which is the Trinity Broadcast Network. Talk about that. Yeah, so Sight and Sound is a wonderful theater production company. I don't know if you guys have heard of them before, but they do great projects. And they're offering their Jesus production uh, for this weekend on TBN and then TBN's app. And so um, that's a great thing to watch with your whole family. And it's a theater production done extremely well. So I'm excited about that. And, again, to find out more about that, uh, you could either check the programming guide at uh, Trinity Broadcast Network for the new production, Jesus, or uh, what we want you to do is check out the background with Tessa's article by going to movieguide.org, movieguide.org, click on the article section, and it's entitled How to Watch Sight and Sounds Jesus Production for Free This Weekend. How about that? For free, that is a great gift. Let me also, as a quick programming note, because uh, there's another option for you out there as well, that on Sunday, uh, CBN.com, that's the uh, Christian Broadcasting Company um, and the 700 Club, they are going to be airing first up at 6 a.m. Sunday morning, Eastern Time. They're going to be bringing the sunrise service from Gordon's tomb in Jerusalem. And that is going to be an opportunity for sunrise service there at the tomb that many of you have had a chance to visit. And uh, most of you have probably had communion right in that garden. Now, they're going to be airing it several times, probably six, seven, eight times throughout the day. It's going to be uh, streamed at CBN.com. So go to CBN.com, check out the... uh, uh, the morning uh, sunrise service from the Garden Tomb there in Jerusalem, and that's something that you could plug into as well. Also reminding you that if you were to go to uh, YouTube and search for Jonathan Kahn, last night I had a chance to, um, uh, actually Wednesday night I had a chance to uh, be a part online with uh, Jonathan Kahn as he took us through the entire Seder uh, Supper uh, that takes place uh, um, at the uh, sundown on Passover. 
uh, that uh, the taping of that, it's about an hour and a half, uh, that's going to be available as well. So if you've never experienced the Seder Supper and want to understand more about the Passover, the very Passover that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ took part in, you'll want to check that out. And again, we're talking with uh, Evie Bear Carroll. Uh, she's host of Movie Guide TV. And uh, our website that you need to refer for these articles, again, is movieguide.org. That's movieguide.org. We've got another article by Tess Ferran, and it's entitled, How Resurrection Movies Can Inspire Our Faith Right Now. Evie, talk about that. Well, really, we're talking about some great resurrection movies, you know, Easter movies about Jesus' life um, and resurrection. It's such a powerful time period, everything we've been talking about, and I'm sure your entire program today um, has been really powerful about Easter. And these are talking about the movies that you can watch that remind you um, and shows you through the story of it. Like The Chosen is a wonderful production of Jesus and, um, you know, the resurrection, the um, movie The Passion of the Christ. You know, we've all heard of The Passion of the Christ. This is a great reminder, too. Obviously, for older audiences, it's rated R for a lot of, you know, violence in it. Um, It's a very realistic portrayal. Um, The movie Risen and um, the series The Bible. So those are some great series just to remind yourself and to re, you know, you know, watch it and to see the story of it and watch it with, you know, non-Christians would be a great thing. Um, And it's just powerful movies. Mm. And, uh, you know, one day we're going to be back out. One day we'll be going to the movies, and I know probably you have one or two that are already on the top of your list whenever they end up being released. But I want to remind you that the, uh, the movieguide.org website is such an invaluable tool. And especially in times like this, we've got some great guidance, uh, uh, that special Sunday programming that uh, you're going to be able to uh, check into on the Reels channel, giving you some ideas about some of those movies that uh, would be a great content for your family. And I want to tell you that even when this is all over, who knows how much this is going to be changing our lifestyles. But I want to tell you that as we are looking at this Holy Weekend, never forget that Movie Guide is a ministry. Movie Guide is called to the propagation of the, of the Bible. It's called to tell the good news of uh, Jesus Christ. And they take their expertise from Dr. Bear and Evie and the members of the staff. They're reaching out to those in Hollywood. Uh, they are conducting uh, courses on movie making. And, of course, uh, you know, folks like we know from the, the Kendrick brothers and others, great relationships. And so this is the body of Christ in the movie industry uh, that is uh, ministering uh, even on this uh, Good Friday, Easter weekend. And remember that website is movieguide.org, movieguide.org. Evie Bear Carroll, thank you so much for being with us. Please uh, give my best for your family, your dad's family, all the folks there for uh, this evening on Good Friday. And again, uh, just pray that you have a wonderful, glorious Sunday as we as we celebrate the uh, the resurrection. And above all, asking God to put His hedge of protection around you to keep all of you safe from the COVID nineteen. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. All right, God bless. All right, coming up in a moment, it's our weekly opportunity to pray. And up next is Dr. John Connell with Countryside Baptist. He'll have a word for us. Plus, he's going to pray for our community. More of the Bill Bunkley Show coming up in a moment on this Good Friday afternoon. Don't go away. I'll be right back. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. And news, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Governor Andrew Cuomo reported that coronavirus deaths in New York jumped by 777 in one day. 
However, the number of people hospitalized is growing far less than last week, a possible sign the outbreak in New York is peaking. New York State is getting help from Google to overhaul a decades-old unemployment benefit system that has left laid-off workers frustrated and awaiting help. Google helped New York design a revamped website that launched Thursday evening. The state also added 300 workers to its 700-person staff to process unemployment benefit applications. Cuomo says the state's Department of Labor system has crashed because of a record-shattering surge in claims amid outbreak-related layoffs. The coronavirus is also tasking New York City's 9-11 system like never before. Operators pick up a call every 15.5 seconds. SRN News. Good information leads to preparation, not panic. Here at Faith Talk, we're all about strength between Sundays and good information regarding the coronavirus and its impact in our community. At the top of our homepage at letstalkfaith.com, you'll see a link called Coronavirus Info, and you can click on it for the latest reliable information. So let's trust God, stay well, and stay informed. For the latest, click the Coronavirus Info link at the top of our homepage at letstalkfaith.com. Ambrose Bierce once called achievement the death of endeavor and the birth of disgust. Hello, I'm Chuck Swindoll. Achievement is about as American as anything we could name, isn't it? We hear of the American dream, and yes, it's based on possibilities, but it's also based on achievement, isn't it? But what happens when we achieve what we're after? Henry Ward Beecher, the famous American preacher of yesteryear, observed, Success is full of promise until men get it, and then it is last year's nest from which the birds have flown. Let's be careful that what we're after is what God has for us. Pastor and teacher Chuck Swindoll. Visit Insight for Living's website at insight.org. Hey, this is Bill Carl. I'm concerned for my family's health and for yours too, and so is Moss Nissan. And right now, if you've purchased a vehicle from Moss Nissan, now's a great time to refresh the antimicrobial treatment included with Moss Care. It's just another benefit of Moss Care included with the purchase of every new and pre-owned vehicle in Moss Nissan. And this treatment is designed to destroy viruses, germs, and bacteria on all interior surfaces. And right now, the second application is free. So get into Moss Nissan and get that vehicle sanitized. And when you come to any Moss dealership, you can rest assured that their facilities have been scrubbed from stem to stern, keeping you and your family's health in mind. Also know that if you're active military, a veteran, first responder, if you're a pastor or church worker, you're eligible for the You Serve, You Save program, including 15% off when you have your vehicle serviced at Moss Nissan. Visit Moss Nissan today, Newport Ritchie, North Tampa, Crystal River, and at mossnissan.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m., be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The old principle we were taught in Henry Blackaby's experiencing God. Look for where God's at work. Just get in on it. Get involved. Join him in his work. Are you doing that in your life? The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570, 910, and Let's Talk Faith.com. The following segment was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. We're going down to the river, down to the river, down to the river to pray. Yeah, yeah. Let's get 
Hey, we're back on this very important afternoon. And uh, right now, as we are contemplating uh, a very sorrowful day, and that is today that the fact that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ uh, put it all on the line for us. And today was the day that uh, we look back that uh, he was crucified on that Roman cross. And uh, by the time sundown rolls around, he'll be buried in uh, Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. But as we know, that's not the end of the story because uh, come Sunday, when that sun comes up all around West Central Florida, we will be glorifying our risen Savior. So what an uh, exceptional opportunity for us to have Dr. John Connell with us. And uh, he is the senior pastor at Countryside Baptist Church. And uh, he also is uh, someone who's ministering to you each and every Sunday at 11 a.m., Helping Life Make Sense. And uh, we are delighted to have uh, Dr. Connell with us today. And, um, boy, it is good to have you with us. And this is a special day being Good Friday, isn't it? Thank you, Bill. It is a terrific day being Good Friday because, of course, Good Friday is so central uh, to the biblical message, to the message that we preach constantly. Uh, without Good Friday, there is, of course, no possibility of having Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but Good Friday is uh, is at the heart of what we preach and what we teach, as well as Resurrection Sunday. Now, we are focusing on our daily prayer uh, in terms of uh, the coronavirus uh, impact here in West Central Florida and the nation, the world. We'll get to that in just a moment. But I want to talk a little bit about, uh, well, this is Good Friday, and as people are hunkered down in many areas, maybe they're considering, uh, well, what's happening with uh, those of us who have not been able to share a lot of things with our loved ones. We may not be uh, in an actual uh, person-to-person church service on Sunday, but as uh, we, 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 we focus on the day, but yet we, we really have optimism for Sunday, we're also getting some optimism in the world that we're living in today that maybe, just maybe, the predictions about the number of deaths we're all, uh, for the coronavirus has come down. That could change. We're also hearing talk that maybe by the time next month rolls around sometime next month, they'll start getting the economy uh, back uh, in order. So tell us a little bit about where we are at right now and, and how we as Christians should sort of process all of these things that are happening in the next few days. Well, I, I think, Bill, that as believers, uh, we have every reason to be confident regardless of what may be going on in the world around us. One of my favorite psalms, especially one that I read in times of great difficulty, uh, is found in chapter 27 of uh, the middle of the Bible, uh, the book of Psalms, especially David. Uh, and what is really unique, or I, I think what is uh, makes this psalm so particularly encouraging, is the fact that David wrote this psalm when he was fleeing for his life. And listen to what he said. He said, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I 
dread. You know, we we are living in a day when uh, discouragement seems to be running rampant across our nation and across our world. I was hearing the other day that the appointment books of psychologists and psychiatrists are filling up so much so that, that they don't have room to meet with all of the people who were finding themselves in distress. David went on to say, though a host encamp against me, my heart will will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. I think one of the signs of those who follow Christ is that all of the calamity in the world uh, does not impact us the way it impacts those who have no hope. So, yes, we recognize there, there is calamity. We recognize that there is danger. But even if it's war, uh, even it's a, if it's a host that is encamped against us, our confidence is in God. And so we focus on him. And, and it's not that that focus prevents us from finding ourselves in difficulty, but rather than focusing on the difficulty, oh, do what we can, the common sense things we can in regarding the difficulty, but ultimately our confidence is in God. And so when we focus on him, as Isaiah 26, 3 says, we are going to be kept at perfect peace. And so the response of the believer uh, is to be one of calm resolve. It is to be one of marching forward, not a response of paralysis, not a response of, of going into hiding, uh, but proceeding forward because we know that God uh, is doing something in our lives. And so here we have David. Uh, whose life is in imminent danger, and yet he is at perfect peace uh, because of his relationship to God and his trust in him. So I'm grateful for all that uh, the physicians are doing and the scientists and the hospitals, the doctors. I have a, a daughter who is on the front lines uh, of this in the medical field, her husband also uh, with her. And, boy, we just pray over her, yes, uh, yes, God's yes. protection, and, and the confidence that we are to have no matter what's going on. Mm. If you're just joining us, uh, you're hearing from Dr. John Connell, who is the senior pastor at uh, Countryside Baptist Church. And uh, also, he's host of the program with uh, probably the best name for the times that we find ourselves right now. Uh, this Sunday at 11 a.m., you can tune in to his radio ministry, Helping Life Make Sense. And boy, I tell you what, that's a, that's a huge theme and a huge title for all of us here today. You know, Dr. Connell, as, as I was thinking about um, one of my um, scriptural readings of yesterday, um, this question in my mind came up about the word patience. And the patience that we are all having to undertake right now. Many Christians, as well as the secular world, we live in an instant society. We want our food at the drive-ins. Uh, we want our drugs at the drive-ins. We want it. We want it now. We, uh, you know, will be plugged to, some of us will be plugged to our cable TVs on demand. You know, I want that movie. Yeah. I want it on demand. But I was reading yesterday in uh, First Samuel. 
uh, somewhere around chapter 10 or 12, don't have it in front of me. And that's when uh, Saul was waiting on Samuel to arrive to get uh, uh, the Lord's word. He got impatient because uh, Samuel was overdue. So he took things in his own hands, put up his own altar, and uh, offered the sacrifice, which is only you know, uh, supposed to be done by the priest. And so what he did was he got impatient. And he got ahead of God, and he ended up taking matters into his own hands. Talk a little bit about where we're at right now, because where we're at right now, because every day that goes forward, we might have the tendency to say, "I'm not staying at home. I'm going to take things into my own hands." And that could be a very, very serious mistake, because now is a time where we don't have things instantly, and the Lord is actually making us understand what patience and waiting on His timing is all about. Talk about that. Well, I think I think that there are times that God brings upon us as individuals, as a nation, where he wants us to contemplate, where he wants us to recognize our helplessness before him, where he wants us to rehearse the idea, the biblical truth that we stand on, that he is always working mightily on our behalf. Regardless of what is happening in the world, he is working mightily. And so as we use common sense to hunker down, so to speak, we also have trusting hearts. And and so now, uh, you know, it is a time for our nation and for us as individuals, I think, in a way, to tribulate. Now, we, we talked about confidence in God, and we have that confidence, but, uh, but we really don't learn the power of God until we're facing situations that are beyond us. And so sometimes we are meant to do this. I heard one pastor say, when God sent upon you tribulation, he expects you to tribulate. And so maybe this is a time for some tribulation, but it is a time for resting in the Lord, which is what patience is. It is resting in him, allowing him to do his work and seeking his face uh, because his wisdom is ours. And he's promised that if we ask believing without doubting, he gives to us his wisdom. Uh, This is a time also for the renewal of the family. It is a time for the renewal of our personal relationship with the Lord. It is a time for recognizing and appreciating not only the fragility of life, but also the preciousness of life. And that uh, sometimes when things get beyond our control, man, we just lean back on the one who has everything in control, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And uh, that's what we're called to do right now. And as we are waiting I know that uh, I've had uh, an opportunity because I really have been drawn by the Spirit to go deeper. Uh, These are times not to be squandered, and especially as uh, yesterday, well, we had Passover on Wednesday, and Passover is part of our Christian tradition because that's where we derived our Lord's Supper, and then we have uh, Monday, Thursday, yesterday, where uh, we contemplated uh, uh, the um, the washing of the of the feet of the disciples in, in an act of humility, as well as the the ordinance of that final supper, the Passover supper, and so today we're at Good Friday. You know, this would be an excellent time to go back to the timeline of the Lord and what just happened during Holy Week and prepare it for Sunday. We got a minute and a half left. Talk about that because. This is a time that I think many of us 
need to be in the Word, in prayer, and not squandering it. Talk about that. Right. Well, Good Friday uh, is is indicative of man's rejection of God's offer. In fact, the Jews looked at uh, the cross as scandalous. The Greeks looked at the cross as foolishness. The Romans looked at the cross as weakness. Today, uh, Islam looks at the cross as unnecessary and even across the broader spectrum, as as America's own Ted Turner has said, I don't need any God dying for me. Uh, But we see the rejection of God's offer uh, on Good Friday, and, and we also see uh, I think the love of God, in spite of that rejection, that he moved forward in making a way for us to, to be a part of his family. And, and one of the things I think that is so scandalous about the cross is it makes us recognize how helpless we are before God. Yet he mm. reaches down to us. Uh, he reaches down to us in gentle love, uh, and he brings to us healing. He brings to us hope. And so Good Friday on the one side is bad news, but hey, on the other side, it's great news. We don't call it Bad Friday. We call it Good Friday. Uh, And so there were some tremendous things that God was doing on this day in particular in history that reaches forward to our day and beyond. Okay, going to take a quick time out, and uh, Dr. Connell with Countryside Baptist Church will be with me to pray just after the break. Don't go away. I'll be right back. The preceding segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas and Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. In recent weeks, the coronavirus has taken the world by storm. While millions are isolated at home, everyday life has taken on a new definition of normal. So I want to share two encouraging words to help you navigate through this crisis. The first word is prayer. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And the second word is precaution. 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So pray as if your safety completely depends upon God and take precautions as if your safety depends completely on you. Remember, this crisis is going to pass and through it all, we can take comfort in knowing that God is still in control. Your feelings are very important, but don't allow them to be the foundation of your day today. Let God's truth be your foundation. That's just one of the practical suggestions Stephen Arterburn, host of New Life Live, has written in 10 Ways to Overcome Your Fears and Anxiety, a 14-page guide free when you log on to our station website and use the keyword overcome. If fear is your biggest problem, God is even bigger with a bigger solution. Steve encourages you to let God's truth saturate your mind and heart. It will impact your feelings. Psalm 16.8 says, I know the Lord is with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. This doesn't mean you ignore reality. It means limiting the crummy stuff we hear over and over again. Get your free copy of 10 Ways to Overcome Your Fear and Anxieties at letstalkfaith.com. Use the keyword overcome. letstalkfaith.com, keyword overcome. And behold, Jesus met them on their way and greeted them. They approached embraced his feet, 
and did him homage. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There's a real reason for the Easter season. Share it with a friend. Send an Easter greeting for free from CrossCards.com. Bible Line with Pastor Ralph Yankee Arnold. They don't know the Son. They don't know the truth of the gospel, how to be saved. They don't know God loves them. So God manifested it to us. But where does it say in the Bible that God hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness? Bible Line, weekday mornings at 10 on Faith Talk 570 WTBN, online at letstalkfaith.com. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. If you have a rodent or pest problem at your home or business, don't spray harmful toxic chemicals. Use Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic pest control device that uses your wiring to get rid of pests fast. Just plug it in. One customer had a log cabin plagued by rodents. Then he got Plug-In Pest Free. After that, the rodents were gone, along with most other bugs and soldier bees. Then he noticed woodpeckers stopped drilling giant holes in his wood to get to the soldier bees, saving him money yearly in ongoing wood repairs. Plug-In Pest Free is not a sonic device. It's chemical-free and gets rid of pests safely and effectively for years. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a two-year warranty. Now that's fair dinkum. Order today and get 20% off at gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. That's gopestfree.com, promo code PEST20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget with plug-in pestfree. The following segment was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Hey, welcome back. Bill Bunkley here along with Dr. John Connell, who's a senior pastor at Countryside Baptist Church. He's also host of uh, his radio ministry right here on Sundays at 11 a.m., Helping Life Make Sense. And by the way, if you want to connect with uh, Dr. Connell, you can do so at countrysidebaptist.org. That's countrysidebaptist.org. That's all one word. Well, a very special day for us to pray for not only our community, but all around the globe. And so I want to ask Dr. Connell to be with us. And, uh, Lord, would you just lead us in this word of prayer so we can just lift up our concerns to the throne room and uh, knowing that Jesus is our King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's listening right now. Pastor, go ahead. Absolutely. Let's do that right now. Father, we are so grateful that the cross is not the last word. We are so grateful that what the world has considered to be foolishness and weakness is not the last word, but that the cross gave way to resurrection, that the cross gave way to your power over death, that the cross gave way to your promises, that everything Jesus said was true, in fact, was shown to be true in the resurrection, that the cross gives way to your presence in our lives. And Lord, while we are in this particular moment of history, 
I am asking that you would unleash your power and your presence upon this nation and upon this world, that you would grant to our leaders the wisdom that is necessary to respond in appropriate ways, that ill motives uh, would be laid aside, and that men and women across the world would give themselves to the highest good of those around them, as well as to the highest good of your kingdom. Father, we we just don't know where we would be without you. And so I pray that for all those who are listening by the radio now, that you would grant to them an unction and anointing of the Holy Spirit, that you would fill them from the top of their heads to the bottom of their feet, remove any fear that they have in their lives, and cause them to know your embrace and your presence, and use this event of recent weeks to transform the world into what you want it to be, to reach men and women who have lost confidence, to draw them into the confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor, I thank you so much. That has been uh, Pastor John Connell, and he is a senior pastor at Countryside Baptist Church. And if you'd like to find out more about their ministry, here's that website, countrysidebaptistchurch.org. That's countrysidebaptistchurch.org, especially if you're listening this afternoon and you have connected with Dr. Connell and uh, you would like to reach out to him or someone on his staff, maybe about your salvation about the today is the day that you are giving your life to the Lord. And maybe this is the day where uh, you're contemplating Jesus on that uh, Roman cross, uh, that, that cross of torture. Maybe today is the day that the Holy Spirit and you have come to an agreement. It's time to come back. And so you can connect there at Countryside. Baptist.org. Also, this Sunday, you can tune in to uh, his radio ministry, Helping Life Make Sense. That's going to be Sundays, this Sunday at 11 a.m. right here on WTBN, and we invite you to be with us for that. And so, uh, Dr. Connell, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon, and thank you for your ministry, which I think has uh, the most relevant title in this age, and that is Helping Life Make Sense, because for a lot of people... Not much is making sense these days, but thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Bill. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Have a great day. You too. God bless. Well, as we begin to wind down on this Good Friday afternoon, and there's a lot to think about this week. Not only have we been watching day by day the updates on COVID-19, and uh, it's still a little bit early, but, uh, boy, I praise you, Lord, that we are starting to see some signs that uh, possibly, uh, because of what I believe has been the social distancing in the last couple of weeks and what we'll be able to do to continue in that mode in the next two weeks, that it looks like there's a, there's a great possibility that the impact of this very potentially uh, dangerous virus uh, could be minimized from some of the numbers that we've been seeing. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, if we uh, get the economy back open, say, next month in May, it doesn't mean we're going to go back to life as it was because there's going to be some um, cautions for us. It may be gloves. It may be masks. 
but uh, the new normal is not going to be what we are used to. But we will all give the Lord the honor and the glory and the praise for whatever progress that we are making. But I hope this doesn't end up like 9-11. In 9-11, we were shocked with the brutal attacks uh, here in America. And the following Sunday, our churches were filled to overflowing. Everybody wanted to be close to God. And only in a matter of weeks, things sort of got back to the, to the normal. And the normal was a large group of our American citizens not really in fellowship or following the Lord. Well, today, when we are so focused in on the price that God's Son paid so that you and I could have eternal life, so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins right here on earth, that you and I could be redeemed uh, from lives that uh, were stained uh, 